Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of the Fan Side Network, bringing you everything New Orleans Saints that includes news, analysis, and opinions. Now, this should be our very first Super Bowl preview episode for our beloved New Orleans Saints, but unfortunately, after being cheated out of a appearance at Super Bowl Fifty Three. We must preview a fraudulent matchup between the L.A. Rams and the New England Patriots. We will also be diving into the most important positions we think the Saints should address during the 2019 free agency period and which targets they should pursue. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, and before we get into all of that, I gotta bring in my crew, the other incredible hosts with me. You can follow the first guy on Twitter, at St. Charlie, and you will never, ever regret that decision, I promise you that. Please welcome... Charlie Pollock, what's going on, my man? Hey, man. Um, same old, same. I'm still in the same boat that I've been in uh, since since we were originally robbed. Depression. Um, yeah, just bummed, man. It's it's really bummed, and then and even even like today, I was I was at the gym, and my buddy who I I don't really talk football with him because I don't think he's really a football guy, but eat like literally today, he came up to me and was like. Man, so how are you feeling about that? You know about that game, and I'm like, well, how do you think I feel? But like, <laughs> I still have people, you know, almost two weeks afterwards, asking me or talking to me about it. So I mean, if non-Saint fans in my neck of the woods are still thinking about it, then to me that's an example of the rest of the country that's still kind of thinking about it. And really. What we've seen in the Super Bowl coverage, I mean, I've kind of limited it. I'm usually watching it a lot more and all that. But, you know, I still listen to a little bit of it on uh, the NFL radio on Sirius XM. And, I mean, every time I flip to that channel, it's it's something to do with either specifically the Saints getting robbed or just refereeing in general. It's like this is – to me, this is one of the worst outcomes that the NFL could have – plan for is having you know your marquee event of the season that you've been building up and marketing and invested a lot of time and money and be have this massive cloud you know about something that's not football related i mean it's not we're not we're not talking about young jared goff going up against you know tom brady who's been to a hundred thousand super bowls it's it's you know we're talking about the competition committee or the lawsuit or coach payton wearing a clown shirt like we're not you know, and it, I know that sort of my, I know I'm, I'm biased. Obviously, I'm biased, but even my sphere of network and looking at things is is kind of skewed a little bit. But I have to think that this is just you know not the best situation for the NFL, and that you know instead of talking about what what could be a good game, we're talking about stuff that's that's not so good. But um, you know, overall, I'm still pretty much in the same boat, um, Tyler. What about you, man? Are you in the same boat as me? Have you kind of dug yourself out? Are you, you know, I know you, you said you don't want to watch the Super Bowl, but how are you doing? <laughs> uh, well, first off, Dayton mentioned earlier, I guess this episode we're doing a Super Bowl preview. Does that mean I have to watch the game? <laughs> but, um, yes, uh, yes, Tyler. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, um, I'm better from it. I mean, my Twitter still says depressed Saints fan, and it's not wrong, but. I mean, hey, I mean, I've heard some people say, we actually mentioned this before we got on to record, but hey, maybe the Saints will have, like, a chip on their shoulder. They'll have to be such a good team to beat not only opponents, but the refs. So they'll really have to run up the score on everybody. 
just to make sure they don't have a, a tiny ounce of losing. But, uh, no, we'll see. Uh, I'm rooting for the Patriots, so hopefully they smack down the Rams just to prove that they weren't supposed to be there. But, hey, we've got good episodes. Hey, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, uh, we always have a great episode and providing that great, we do. great content for the greatest fan base who got absolutely robbed a couple of weeks ago. And it's still, it's still heartbreaking. It sucks, man. Um, but, yeah, the Super Bowl is going down this Sunday. We're going to preview it. First off, though, I do want to talk about the press conference that Roger Dell had yesterday. Now, the press conference is actually for the Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but a lot of people wanted him to address, of course, what happened uh, during the NFC Championship game with the no call and the NFL's silence after that. Goodell only fielded one question uh, by a New Orleans reporter, and it was from Jeff Duncan, um, and he asked him about the call. And Roger Goodell's answer was essentially, our refs are human, um, and I am happy to have the Rams and Patriots in the Super Bowl. We didn't get anything out of Roger. We didn't get anything out of him. It really seems like he's bitter about Sean Payton revealing that Al Riveron called him after the game and let him know that they had blown the call. Um, So it seems like Goodell thought that was good enough, and he felt like Payton had kind of gone behind their back, revealing that to the public so soon. Um, And so it it really doesn't seem like we're going to get any official answers. Um, But I'll just throw it to you guys before we jump into this fraudulent Super Bowl talk. What did you guys think of the press conference? Also, on top of that, we have Sean Payton. Apparently, it's, it's not confirmed, but we're, I mean, this is like the 95, 99% range, sure, that he was wearing the infamous, infamous Barstool Sports Roger Goodell clown shirt underneath a sweatshirt during his press conference when he talked about um, him spending three days in a row eating ice cream and watching Netflix after the loss, which I'm, most Saints fans did. You couple that with uh, going on to Twitter. Um, so Saints fans are right in the same boat. But yeah, what do you guys think of the press conference from both Peyton and Goodell? Uh, are you guys equally as pissed? Or Because I'm a little bit more pissed off now after seeing Goodell's smug face on there, pretty much denying us of any rightful answers that we should have gotten. What what'd you guys think of what happened yesterday with Goodell? You want to go first, Charlie, or you want me to? Go for it. Okay, well, for me, man, uh, first off, I, uh, somebody wrote this on Twitter, and I agree. If you live in New Orleans, I think it would be a crazy shirt to wear. Forget your jersey for the Saints home opener. Go buy uh, Roger Goodell's a clown shirt. Uh, we're not sponsored by them or anything. Uh, Barstool Sports, if you want to sponsor us, so hit us up. But um, <laughs> uh, that'd be a cool shirt, very interesting shirt to wear. And it would probably be really interesting. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. If the Rams win the Super Bowl, how much want to bet week one primetime Saints at Rams, I'm calling it. But um, honestly, I don't know. Like, for me, like, I, I like Sean Payton's press conference a bit more. For what Roger Goodell said or lack thereof, uh, he was just so vague with everything. You know, obviously, wasn't going to take any sides for the Saints way. I almost would have liked it if he just said nothing. You know, like, mm. because it, it just made things worse. So that he didn't really support us, you know. He, he said they were human. And it's it just it, some of the things he said were really stupid and really, um, I'm trying to think of a good word to describe it. They were almost false in a way. Uh, I, f- I remember the way he said one thing about that he talked to players and everything. And then players, Saints players, came out and said, no, he actually didn't. I guess to that part, he re- he rephrased it wrong. But I don't know. It's just, it's Roger Goodell. Nobody likes him, especially Saints fans. And I think come the draft, we're just going to boo even harder because nobody likes that man. And yeah. just the lack of evidence and everything, the information, 
he shouldn't be uh, he shouldn't be the commissioner of the NFL anymore. That's just my take, yeah. but yeah, I'm probably no, not wrong in that statement. Though. Um, what do you think, Charlie? And, um, well, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, just real quick. Also, if you go to barstoolsports.com, the clown tee is on sale right now for twenty five twenty. So, so go grab that. I think it's on sale for a reason right now. Dude, it should be on sale for twenty eight point three. Yes. Well, it's originally twenty eight bucks. So. Ooh, I'm gonna go pick that up right now. There you actually. go. Um, I kind of well, as far as Goodell, I mean, I didn't expect anything more, but uh, I guess stupidly, I I had a little bit of hope that he would show, you know, actually for once be a human mm-hmm. and know, right? and actually you know come down to the level of the fans, the fans who prop this league up. I mean. Without the fans, the NFL doesn't exist. I know the commissioner is paid by the owners. The owners, uh, you know, they, they get their revenue from fans attending games and fans having cable packages that pay for the NFL network and that, you know, include networks that pay the league to broadcast their games. Like, you know, the NFL does not exist without fans because that's, you know, the base of where the revenue comes from is people like us watching the games. And, it would have been nice for him to kind of come down to our level and talk about it. You know, <clears throat> I've, I've always been a firm believer in if you're going to apologize, you know, be 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 genuine about it. And number one, Roger Goodell didn't apologize. He wasn't going to apologize because then, you know, if he if he did apologize, he would have 100 percent admitted that. This is a fraud Super Bowl, and it sh- mm-hmm. it shouldn't exist. And I'm really not trying to sound like a a salty, annoying Saints fan. I mean, I'm just I'm just calling it for what it is. Yeah. Like, there's there's no denying that if the right call was made, the Saints win the game, and the Saints are rightfully in the Super Bowl, and no one's having this conversation. And actually, the NFL is set up with a far better matchup, something with a million more so- storylines and you know intriguing matchups between Brady and Breeze, but. You know, when he said things like, you know, I feel I understand that you're hurt or I understand the frustration like that to me is just a giant smack in the face. Like exactly. you, imagine you and your your significant other, you and your best friend are arguing and the other person says, look, I understand that you're upset. That to me, every time I've ever heard someone say that, it means I this get me you're off. upset, but I just don't care mm-hmm. because whatever you're upset about doesn't matter to me. I understand that you're upset, but I don't care. It, You know, mm-hmm. it, that's that's what really pissed me off was his word choice. I mean, of course, this was going to be completely lawyered up in a doctored response that was, you know, written by counsel. He wasn't going to take a lot of questions about it. You know, he not only that, but he, you know, he takes questions from Jeff freaking Duncan, the most right. charismatic, wet blanket, annoying sports writer, you know, in the Saints sports writing world. He takes a question from some, from Jeff Duncan. It's like. I don't know. The, the whole thing just pissed me off. I didn't expect it. almost seemed scripted in a way. Well, it was. It was. It obviously was. He was coached up by legal counsel on how mm-hmm. to properly navigate the question that he knew he was going to get so yeah. that he didn't put too much blame and fault on the NFL for for uh, you know for lacking in, in the ability to officiate. I mean, yeah. officiating the NFL has a problem, and, and they don't want to take out the human element of officiating. I get it. But there's also the side of getting the calls right. And humans are not going to make the calls right every time. And and even then, this 
specific example is just there's no excuse. I mean, it doesn't become it does, there's no more clear, blatant foul you'll ever see in the NFL, past, mm-hmm. present, and future be missed like this. You just you never will. So because it was so horrid, the NFL is not going to come out and admit anything. They're just going to say, you know, this bland look. We understand you're upset. Blah blah blah. And, you know, it's BS. It's BS to fans all over the country, not just Saints fans, but people who who love the NFL. And, you know, that's – it's just unacceptable, man. And as far as Sean Payton, look, I I, I thought he, he did a good job. Um, you know, obviously this hits him harder than it hits us or yeah. his fans at home. You know, for him to come out and be genuine. You know, I think that's one thing he's done recently since I guess it was 2014. 15 or 16 when he signed his extension he's kind of become a little bit more genuine at his press conferences and i thought he was you know he was really genuine uh he 100 percent was wearing that clown shirt underneath mm. and props yeah to he that, has to be <clears throat> props to that first kid that that tweeted that side by side out because that was that was hilarious that i would never ever have known that unless mm. someone pointed it out um you know, and it's just a, it's just a what that is is a hat tip to the fans, man. It, yeah, he may not hate Roger Goodell. I have a feeling that he does <laughs> oh, because yeah. of the BS Bounty Gate stuff and everything else. But mm-hmm. that's definitely just a hat tip to the fans. You know, him him doing that. Um, you know, Cameron Jordan wearing his shirt. It's just a hat tip to the fans. The people they know how they know how important the fans are to their team. Roger Bell yeah. and the idiots in the at the uh, in the C suites on Park Avenue in New York, mm. they don't know or they don't care. It's like they're so far removed from the real world that they just don't have the connection with us anymore. Yeah, yeah. The only person yeah. in the NFL that makes more money than Drew Brees is is Roger Goodell, essentially. Um, well, the thing is with Goodell is under his tenure, the NFL's business side has absolutely boomed. I oh, mean, he's yeah. made he's made these owners so much so much more money i mean because it's it's been his his mentality has been growing the game mm-hmm. and where i thought paul tagliabue was a good um commissioner because he he was more so i mean, was kind of old school and he, you know i mean the, the sport grew under him but it was more you know there were there wasn't there weren't labor in the lockouts or anything right. like that with him there was there was better there was a better nego- um better relationship with the NFL and the fans, the NFL and and the players' union, and mm. and Goodell has he's done a good job at growing the sport and growing the popularity around the world. I mean, our international series have completely exploded. the The presence over in the UK is big. Down in Mexico, it's getting bigger. Um, there's even crazy ideas of of like China. I've even heard Brazil. You know, um, so this. The, the sport itself has grown under him, and that's why the owners love him. And that's why right. he's untouchable, man. If you make these people more mm-hmm. money, you're untouchable. That's very true. Yeah. And and as Ian Rise uh, <clears throat> pointed out on Twitter, Goodell has a very long history in uh, public relations. So the fact that he was able to dodge those questions up on the, up on the podium just speaks volume to yeah, all of his experience coming together for that. And wh- I think what pissed me off the most about the press conference was when Goodell said he had talked to the coaches organization and the players of the saints regarding the call when we all we knew all along he had, he hadn't talked to the players we didn't know about we knew sean Payne got the phone call not sure he probably has had some words with um uh mickey loomis as well as gail benson and whatnot but and and it was confirmed by mike we all knew he didn't talk to any of the players nobody from the nfl talked to the players about that call and there was no apology issued and so the fact that he went up there 
had such a bold-faced lie about it and 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 it was so smart that's what pissed me off the most i mean i shouldn't be surprised that he did that but i am because that's 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 lacking a, a big you know portion of integrity that you have to hold as commissioner you can't, you can't just lie to the public like that even though uh, again a lot of people pointed out he's a ceo ceos lie billionaires lie all the time to, to do whatever to save face but I mean, it, that that still doesn't mean we can't be pissed off about it, especially since it's happening with our team. You can't you can't go up on the podium and say, hey, yeah, and, you know, we talked to the players and the coaches and the organization, and it's all it's all squared away now. When in reality, it's not. You still have Michael Thomas and Cam Jordan and all these other guys talking about that, uh, and yep. they're clearly upset about that. That doesn't happen because and and uh, we we talked about the the Des Bryant catch um, and how Cowboys fans are still talking about that to this day. Cowboys players didn't talk about it that much. Saints players are really going after this, and rightfully so. Like, I've never seen, you know, players, you know, um, rally up so much with the fans against, you know, such a big league like this over a call, but rightfully so. And, you know, that's adding fuel to the fire, saying that you talked to the players or or even, you know, um, hinting at some sort of apology you gave to them. When all of it is untrue, that pisses me off. That's that's what got me the most from that press. Yeah, and he said, oh, I misspoke. Okay. Stupid. You have this long history of public relations and speaking mm-hmm. to large crowds and various crowds in the media, and you misspoke. I mean, right. that's that's a pretty big thing to misspeak. Oh, yeah. I talked to players and apologized. Anyone watching that knows that's BS. Mm-hmm. There's no way yeah. you would do that, especially for the Saints. And it obviously, I mean, obviously, he doesn't seem to care about mistakes here and there because he doesn't seem to care about the the missed call. Because if if I was in his shoes, or if any right mind minded person was in his shoes, and you look at that blown call, I would be I, I'd be infuriated that the referees missed that. I, I I'd be I'd be trying to figure out something because we still don't have answers as to why they missed that call. All we've heard yeah. is it's human. It was uh, it, according to them, it was a bang bang play, which we all know it wasn't. Uh, but according to them, it's the ball was tipped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, some people are trying to claim there's a doctored video out there by some athletic uh, Los Angeles Rams reporter. I don't, I'm not even going to say his name, saying that uh, the ball was tipped. He, he's, he's putting out this fake video of the ball, uh, this really fake angle of the ball being tipped by Brockers at the line. When in reality, it went over at least five to ten feet over all the outstretched hands at the line there. Um, so that's all just BS. So all of it, but I mean, hold the refs accountable. Why don't you, why, why, why aren't the refs being held accountable? I haven't heard any sort of, but because now that you, now that you have the hindsight with this right now that the NFL can look back and go, yeah, that was a really bad missed call. Sure. You can't do anything regarding the actual game, but what you can do is hold those referees accountable. I haven't heard anything regarding that from the NFL. That is also irking me a lot because if if players mess up, you know, if, if players get caught smoking pot, which is legal in a whole bunch of states, um, it, obviously it's it's banned by the NFL, and I understand that. But if you know, you you could get formidable punishment there. And in the case of like Josh Gordon, a repeated offender, gets you know a whole year suspended from the NFL. Referees mess up constantly and ruin games over and over again. They are never reprimanded. And when something as big as this goes down and nobody is held accountable, none of those line judges are held accountable, you're opening up the door to have them do it again because they go, hey, you know what? That's my bad. I missed it. We'll just play it next time. Next time it happens, hey, that's my bad. We'll just go on. In their heads, they're they're not going to be on their toes any more than they were 
uh, in this game. All those referees, they didn't face any sort of punishment. They most likely won't face any sort of punishment. That's just opening up the door for them to do it in the future. Um, so you have to hold your guys accountable because if you're playing, if you're holding your players accountable, players players get cut from their contracts if they're not performing well. Referees should get suspended or pay cuts or something if they're not doing their jobs up to the standard because there's a exactly. whole bunch of guys in line who can fill in for them. And, and tra- I mean, th- there's a whole bunch of collegiate referees that are really, really good that can move up to the NFL level and, you know, other other um, areas uh, overseas and whatnot. I know some CFL referees have come over. Um, it's it's possible to replace them with either better or, or more, in, uh, more competent guys uh, there. So the referees need to be held accountable. And the fact that Goodell and the NFL have not done anything of that sorts yet also irks me a lot because, like I said, that just opens up the door for future terrible calls you know and and a lot of people are also saying well the saints should have expected the refs were you know uh going to blow that call because they've been doing it all year why 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 are you saying that why why are you okay with that it seems like people are content with yeah the refs were terrible all year it's not surprising that they did in the game why is that the standard we're at now why why are we literally making excuses for these referees like oh they were bad all year they might as well be bad now that's not how it should be we should have the top of the line umpires out there line judges um yeah. and, and, and and if we don't guess what billion dollar corporation and we have some of the most um advanced technology ever the nfl does that you can find if the referees aren't getting the job done you're going to need to go to technology like, like you got to choose one or the other because the integrity of the game is being literally foiled as we're speaking, and that no call, you know, is a prime example of that. So it just irks me. It really irks me that these refs aren't well, being held accountable. Roger Goodell's lying to our faces about talking to the players. It's yeah, I mean, like you said, like you know, if a player's caught smoking pot or whatever, he gets suspended. If a team exactly. is caught doing something, they always get in trouble. It's mm-hmm. like if the players are caught, or the coaches are caught, or if anybody is caught doing something wrong, the NFL flies mm-hmm. to punish. You know, right. if, if Michael Thomas whips out a freaking cell oh, phone, yeah. and the gets fine he gets a $30,000 fine. I mean, a $30,000 fine. But Which is which is $4,000 more than the helmet-to-helmet fine that uh, yeah, exactly. Nicole so Robbie Coleman got. About? Do we care about right. your stupid image, or do we care about player safety? The NFL doesn't give two craps about player safety. Mm-hmm. They're only acting like they do only because of the recent class action lawsuit from previous players. Mm-hmm. But what I was going with this is, is okay, so players do something wrong. The NFL comes down with Thor's hammer. Right. And if refs do something wrong like this, what is the reaper? Like, honestly, we shouldn't see any of those refs, especially Bill Vinovich, coming anywhere near a playoff game next year. No, I mean, yeah. yeah. Or they should have to they should have to do like Cardinals Bengals games. No offense to those two fan bases, mm. but <laughs> games <laughs> of fan bases where a lot of people don't give two craps about it because it's just a bad matchup. Those refs if they still have jobs, which they probably will, that those are the type of games they should be doing. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing, you know, uh Packers, Vikings, Monday Night Football. Sure. You know, Saints, Falcons, th- uh, Thanksgiving Day. Like, they shouldn't be doing prime games. They shouldn't even be doing decent 1 o'clock games. They should be doing the crappiest of the crappy 4 o'clock game slots with, with teams that, like, right now and or that next season p- people just don't really follow because they suck. But yeah. Yeah, there's no excuse. There's just no excuse. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of – lessening the impact of humans in these situations and increasing the impact of technology. 
if if the goal what is what is the goal here? Is it making the right call and doing the right thing, or or protecting the referees? That the referees shouldn't be protected when it comes to this type of stuff. There to me, there's no reason, absolutely no reason whatsoever that a central office shouldn't be able to buzz down to Bill Vinovich or whoever's the head referee that day and immediately tell them what the right call like that the game should have been stopped. He should have ran over to the, the camera and the guy in the central office should have said, see here, he uh, mm-hmm. took his head off and depleted him far before the ball got there. Yeah. So you got two fouls there. You got a legal, you got a legal helmet to he- helmet and you also got pass interference. Now, I mean, that could take five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be something blatant. I understand that on every play, you could probably call holding on every single play, or you could probably call illegal contact on the defense every single play. But I mean, for blatant calls like that, I mean, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be something that happens all the time. It should be, you know, it should be something where it's outrageous like that. The problem is then there's a lot of subjectiveness and objectiveness that comes into it. It's like the fans might see something and be like, you know, what the hell? I love doing that. I actually love watching Saints games with my cell phone out and filming Cameron Jordan getting held almost every single play and then posting it to Twitter because it, to me it's just a freaking – it's just a joke. But, you know, then at that point it's like, well, how come all these aren't being called? I think when a call is that blatant or if a missed call is, is just that bad – there has to be an immediate fix. There shouldn't be a fraudulent Super Bowl. There shouldn't be, you know, a BS competition committee meeting coming up, which probably nothing is going to happen from it. It shouldn't be. It should never get to this bad. And that's the problem with the NFL is they're a reactive type of organization. They're not like the NBA or even the NHL or the MLS, which is proactive. They are the ones that initiate change. It's always reactive. You know, there's no domestic violence policy whatsoever, but. Ray Rice has a video come out of him knocking his wife out in an elevator. Mm. And what happens? They have to react and create a policy. You know, the um, states, states start legalizing marijuana. What does the NFL have to do? They have to come out and make marijuana punishments even, even more. Mm. Now this. The NFL is it's just too rich and too powerful of an organization to be this stupid. Yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah, yeah. They, they make way too much money to be this far behind on a lot of the issues. And going back on the Ray Rice thing, the only reason the NFL actually took any act, sort of action... Because there was a Ray video! Rice, no, no, no. And, and, and even even when the video was released to the Ravens the NFL, they still didn't do anything. If, if, if Because the video was dormant to the public for months. Once it actually released to the public and people were like, hey, this is really freaking bad, then the NFL was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Reports come out. The NFL, knew, the NFL and Ravens knew about this before. Same thing apparently happened with the Chiefs and the Kareem Hunt video and the NFL knowing about it. They, Yeah, you hit it spot on, Charlie. They are reactive. They are not proactive. They don't have any – they have a lot of non-rules um, set in stone that then all of a sudden they come up with after they're caught red-handed not doing the proper job. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, gro- it's actually kind of gross if you think about it, the way that the NFL is kind of operating with – it, it just disappointing. It sucks, and I understand it's a, you know, they they got to make money for themselves. They got to do all this stuff, but they're absolutely contradicting themselves by the way that they yeah. treat the players and not their own. Because I mean, the players are their employees, so you need to you need to hold all employees accountable. That includes the referees. That includes I mean, look at like a guy like Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay, I mean, has been caught a couple of DUIs. He's he's had an you know his his own problems. Had a player done that before, I mean, the player would be cut. You know, Ursay did face a little bit, but that was only after it all came to public. So the NFL doesn't treat all of its employees fairly, uh, and, and it shows, especially with something like this. Um, yeah, I did, that that press conference was crazy. That This whole situation is crazy. Anything else you guys want to say before we jump into the freaking Super Bowl talk? <laughs> uh, 
Um, I think NFL is rigged. I've said it earlier. Yeah. I mean, robbed. Robbed. You got know. absolutely robbed. NFL is just wrong, man. That's all it's, I could say. It's wrong. The only thing we can do, the only thing the Saints can do, is try to rally back, mm-hmm. try to keep as many. And we'll, we'll, you know, this might, this, this will be, you know, for our next next topic on the pod where we talk about, you know, free agents and stuff. But the team needs, my in my opinion, as much of these guys that we can have to come back next year. Like, yeah. there's so much unfinished business with all these dudes, and like even even Ben Watson, even though he wasn't really a contributor at all this year, I just. I wish he would come back and be somehow involved in the team. You know, maybe be like a quality control guy, or you know, give him some of those weird, weird uh, coaching staff titles, just so that he's in the building and around yeah. the guys. You know what I mean? Like, he deserves it. Yeah. We have un- we have unfinished business going into 2019, and I'd like as many of these 2018 Saints to be involved. Uh, agreed, 100. Well, percent Agreed. So, uh, since I know that we are on sort of a, uh, a time schedule here, actually, I don't even want to talk about the Super Bowl that much. So. I just, I mean, unless unless you guys have a little bit to say about nope. it, I don't, neither you we can really review it once it. it happens. Sure, sure, but uh, well, I don't know how we're gonna review it if we ain't gonna watch it. That's true. Too. We can hear about it. <laughs> I mean, we hear through friends. I, I think yeah. I'll be the only one watching out of these out of out of you three, and that's mainly only because I'll be visiting people who will be watching it. But currently, the over under is set at fifty six and a half, and the Rams are favored. Or sorry, the the Patriots are actually favored by two and a half points. The Rams are the home Ooh. team since they are uh, they had the better overall record during the season, thirteen and three, compared to the Patriots, eleven and five. But the Patriots are favored by two and a half points right now. Over under is fifty six and a half. The game is on CBS. The only injuries is obviously Josh Gordon will not be playing for the Patriots. Malcolm Brown, their defensive tackle is questionable. Great, <clears throat> excuse me. Greg Zerline, the kicker for the Rams, is also questionable, but most likely he'll 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 be able to go. Obviously at this point in the season, um, I guess. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about the game. I do think. Overall, the Patriots, top to bottom, have the better team when you look at um, you know, coaching staff. Not necessarily player personnel, but the way that they play their players. I think that the Patriots, top to bottom, have a better team and clearly have a better defense, too. Patriots, one of the more underrated defenses this past regular season due to them giving up like 26 points against the, the Lions. They gave up uh, you know, a ton of points against the Dolphins as well. So they, they've had a couple bad games. But overall, their defense was good. Their running game was stout. They have Tom Brady. Who do you guys think is going to win the game? If, if you had to choose, score, and if you Patriots, want to give a score prediction, go ahead. Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. The I, Patriots yeah. are not going to lose two years in a row to younger, inexperienced teams. It's not going to happen. I, I, don't, I do not see Tom Brady losing this game at all. I don't see uh, Bill Belichick being outcoached. We all, you know, everyone thinks that uh, Sean McVay is this whiz, guy, this whiz kid on offense, which he kind of is. He's also a smug little prick. Um I think uh, I I just don't see the uh, the Patriots losing. I'm picking the Patriots to win. Um, the over under is what 56 and a half. I think yep. it goes probably goes probably goes over. I, yeah. I honestly I see Tom Brady beating the crap out of the Rams. I, I think it's so not too. even so much because I want that to happen. I mean I really see I've been going back and forth. What do I want to happen? Obviously I want the Patriots to win because the Patriots are like they're like. <laughs> This is going to sound really, really, really stupid. But for us, they're kind of like these knights in shining armor, man. It's sure, like, sure. So, you know, they, they they embarrass the, the Falcons. And, like, that, for that, you know, there's that. And then there's also the battles that the Patriots have had with the NFL. The Patriots have had punishment come down, uh, deservedly so or not, from the NFL like the, like the Saints have. So mm-hmm. there's this bitterness towards the league that both Saints fans and Patriots fans – have shared for a while now, since before the 28-3 debacle. And then 28-3 happened, so then we kind of fell in love a little bit. And then now it's like they have a chance to right what was wronged to us. And 
you know, so I, I really hope. See, I, I, at first I was like, well, you know, maybe I want the Rams to lose a heartbreaker. You know, I want them to feel the pain that we felt. But the more I think about it, no, I want the Rams to get absolutely killed because I want the world to see that they don't belong in the Super Bowl. That mm -hmm. if they lose by 30 points or 20 points or you know a double-digit loss, I want the whole world to see. See, yep. the idiots put the wrong team in the Super Bowl. The Saints wouldn't get blown out by the Patriots. In fact, I think the Saints would probably beat the Patriots if we were healthy. And I think given that bye week between the championship and the Super Bowl, we probably would have gotten a little bit more healthy right. going into the Super Bowl. So I think the Patriots win. I'm going to say the Patriots win like 41 to 20. Nice. Yeah, I really hope that happens. And it would pretty much be a repeat of, I mean, because we suffered a heartbreaking postseason loss last year as well. What happened? Vikings lost 38 to 7 next game. Very well could happen to the doubt. Rams as well. It's the doubt, dude. Mm -hmm. Last year, sorry to cut you guys off, and I'm ranting a lot You're today, good. but the You're Vikings, good. the Saints beat the crap out of the Vikings in that second half. They took yeah. the life out of the Vikings on offense, defense. I mean, we we took their soul out, and it wasn't for a miracle that they that they beat us. Then the very next week, they go into they go into Philly mm -hmm. having having no energy whatsoever because they just had the fight of their life. The saints gave them everything that they possibly could handle. And so not only were they drained physically and mentally, but there was this cloud of doubt over their head. Like, God, we just got so lucky in being here. And all week you're, you know, you're telling yourself if you're a, Vi if you're a Viking player, coach, whatever, you know, you know, we won the game. We belong here. We, we did the right things. We made the plays we had to make and we belong here. But in the back of your head, there's this doubt that overcomes your brain. Like, God, we were literally one lucky miracle play away from not even being here. Yep. And what happens? The Eagles beat the crap out of them. I feel like there's that same element in the Rams right now. They can talk all the crap on Twitter and all the crap in their their uh, their press conferences about, you know, oh, well, yeah, humans make errors. And, oh, I, know, mm. I thought we, we were the better team and we overcame the crowd noise. But no, you didn't. Dumbass. You know all that bullshit. And you've been lying to yourselves the last two weeks about it. So they have that doubt in the back of their head. And I know for a fact that this is going to creep into their heads. When it's crunch time in the game, and Brady and Belichick are going to make him pay for it, I think Brady and Brady and Belichick. I think they beat him by, I don't know, two, three scores. Yeah, I like that. What do you think, Tyler? I don't know. Uh, to be honest, like I know what I want. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is what I would love to see. One of two things. One, like we all have been saying, Patriots slaughter the Rams. Just further evidence, Rams didn't deserve to be there. Or two, spin it back on the Rams and give them a taste of our own medicine. Uh, let's say uh, I think I I was reading something on Tony Romo, uh, I, where uh, he made a score prediction. It was twenty twenty four. Uh, the person, uh, the team that got twenty four, had the ball last but doesn't score. Let's do something like that, maybe where it's close, right? Where the Rams have an opportunity to score, go down, it's fourth down, something like that. They throw a touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks. He gets popped. Um, a blatant pass interference, but it's a no call. Mm. Game ends, Patriots win. I'd love to see something like that where the Rams are crying, oh, they should have won, it should have been pass interference, but nope, didn't happen. Karma. I guess I know how we feel. Yeah. I'd love to see that happen. Me too. Um, and also, while, while we're on the topic of Brandon Cooks too, obviously he did a very nice gesture in buying uh, the one of the Rams uh, uh, janitors and his son uh, round-trip tickets to the Super Bowl to go watch the team. Uh, but I saw a really funny tweet. Somebody quote tweeted that and said, uh, the best part about this story is that Brandon Cooks wasn't supposed to go to the Super Bowl either. Or, or Brandon Cooks got a free trip to the Super Bowl himself too, um, which which is absolutely true. I thought that was really funny. But yeah, I got the Patriots winning 41-31. to 31. 
Um, I think that the Rams will get a couple of garbage time touchdowns, so I don't think it'll even be that close. But yeah, they, they need to taste their own medicine. Patriots have fantastic running game. They have their offense figured out in terms of the, the dink and dunk passing. But don't be surprised if a guy like Cordero Patterson is able to open up that offense and they get a couple of deep touchdowns because this Rams secondary is, I mean, we saw it with that Ted Ginn Jr. bomb. Uh, we, we've seen it with the Michael Thomas 72-yard touchdown earlier in the year. Uh, the Rams secondary can let up a lot of big plays, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots are able to open up the gates a couple of times regarding that. But yeah, 41-31, to, to 31, I got the Patriots winning uh, this matchup. <laughs> And Wade Phillips' defensive schemes are known to not stop the run. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Wade Phillips almost has this attitude of not caring about the run. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were uh, they were 23rd in the regular season to run defense. Yeah, and that's just kind of how Wade runs his runs his defense. It's not, you know, stopping the run's not necessarily a priority. It's making stops when you need to make stops. It's getting after the quarterback. It's turning the ball over. Yeah. So, it, you know, Sony Michelle, James White, Burkhead, that backfield I think is going to have a field day versus them. I, I, I think yeah. so, too, especially I, I think Michelle and James White will have really good game. I mean, James White had a fantastic Super Bowl against the Falcons a couple of years ago. Who, who knows if he'll be able to repeat that again. Um, but, yeah, that's all the Super Bowl talk we'll, we'll get into. We want to get into some actual Saints talk, mainly regarding due to free agency coming before the draft. We, we want to kind of preview how we think the, the Saints should conduct themselves in free agency, which position groups they should target, and uh, two, two to three guys – who, who in, in those specific position groups who are going to be free agents uh, come March, who we think the Saints should pursue. Um, I, I mean, I, I'll start out. Um, we'll, let, let's go ahead and name our positions, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll go each name. So my three positions I think the Saints should really address um, in free agency, tight end, wide receiver, defensive tackle. Uh, Tyler, what are, what are your positions you think the Saints should, should address the most come free agency? Well, I think all of ours, cumulatively, the Saints need to either look at or address in some way, shape, or form. But the ones that I specifically picked for this episode is the offensive line. You got to okay. stay healthy. Got to be on. Got to be dominant. How about you, Charlie? What are you thinking, man? Um, I, obviously, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Um, defensive tackle, for sure. I mean, you know, Sheldon goes down, and there's, there's just a – I mean, Sheldon's – he got snubbed this year as a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Um, there's a huge drop-off after him. I mean, mm-hmm. major drop-off after him. Yeah. But specific areas that I want to see addressed um, are, you know, outside of what you guys have already said, is safety. Yes. Um, I think Marcus Williams needs a swift kick in the butt. I don't know if it's going to be by drafting a guy or, well, we're talking about free agency. I would actually like us to go after Tyron Matthew. I mean, I know that's a, every Saints fan's pipe Damn. dream. Because he's from here, um, you know he still has love for the Saints. Judging by his Twitter, though, it sounds like he wants to stay with the Texans. Yeah, um, he did. He did he like his time the Dolphins too, yeah. apparently. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, the Dolphins. Too, I saw that, but you know, there's, there's a. I could definitely see a situation where Honey Badger comes to, uh, comes back home. You know, especially if we offer him something good. Really, because we don't have, we don't need decent safety play after after Von Bell and we need we need another we need a playmaking safety. We don't have a playmaking safety as far as turning the ball over. Marcus Williams got two interceptions this year. Eh, you know, that's kind of on the low end of what you'd expect from from your center fielder. Von Bell, I I, I think he's never had a career interception before. He's mm-hmm. caused some fumbles, which is cool, but yeah. um, you know, we just need a playmaker back there roaming the field to scare quarterbacks. I mean, we have we have Marshawn Lattimore who scares quarterbacks for the most part. 
Um, Eli Apple doesn't scare anybody, although I think he came around and he played solid. I think next year, going into next year, he'll be better. Um, but other than that, I mean, who is it in the backfield that you're worried about? There's no one in defensive backfield that opposing quarterbacks really worry about. So I, I would say safety number one, um, you know, outside of what you guys have already talked about, and running back. Um, Mark Ingram is a free agent. He, he, in my mind, needs to be priority numero uno. Yes. We need to resign him because of the dynamic that him and Kamara um, can present to defenses. It's, it's tough. And he wants to be here. He's not going to go somewhere and be a feature back and make a, a crap load of money. He's just not. He's he's going to be what 29, 30 years old. Yeah. He's you know he's he's got some mileage. He's had some injuries. He had a suspension. <clears throat> so it's, I, I think the Saints might let him test the waters before we resign him. Although I would really like I would like to resign him. Me too. And mm-hmm. and that's just because of you know I, I think he can, he brings more to the team than just you know what's on the field. I mean he's. He's just a locker room guy that everybody loves him. The team, the you know, the, the fans, everybody loves him. Yeah. And I'd like to see Alex Okafor get get extended. He's mm-hmm. and I think that'll happen by the gesture, you know, where he didn't, what he was missing like a sack or half a sack, and the Saints. Yeah, they gave him the money. Yeah. To me, that just shows that they want. He's you know, it's a it's a, it's giving um, a piece of goodwill towards who you're negotiating with. You know what I mean? It's like all right, we'll give exactly. you this. <clears throat> that way, you know, we'll have. The first seat at the table when you you know are starting to negotiate with teams so that honestly that, those are the the two the two you know outside of what's going on wide receiver what's going on in uh on the offensive line as far as depth is concerned and same thing on the defensive line i would say safety and running back i mean to, to get this this thing still rolling those those are two really important positions and i'll say quarterback mm. i'd like to see a way that we can keep Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I know he's going to have opportunities to make a lot of money out on the open market. And, you know, how are we going to be able to make that happen? And if we can't, what do we do? Do we roll with Taysom, who plays every position and could get hurt? Right. You yeah. know, that, that's just another thing. I mean, that that's a position that will absolutely have to be addressed. And I think pretty early on as free agency opens up. Yeah, yeah. And really, Ingram is the only core guy that's going to be a free agent for us, both on offensive side of the ball and defense side of the ball. So I think, I think we're pretty lucky in regards to that. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I'm in agreement with you guys. Um, so we all wrote down some, some names of some free agents yep. we'd like to, we like to target. So tight ends for me, I, I honestly think the saints might want to spend a draft pick on a tight end just because we need a, a younger guy to fill that position. But I also do think we should sign a tight end for some immediate relief there for some pass catching. There's a few interesting guys on there. Um, I really like Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's six foot six, two sixty two. He's a former first round pick from the Buccaneers. If he wouldn't have been, uh, he'd probably still be on the books had he not had a DUI arrest uh, back in 2017, which landed him on the Jets. And he actually had a had a really nice year for the Jets. Yeah, in 13 games, uh, he had 50 catches for 357 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and then he actually was rewarded with a nice contract with the Jaguars this past season, but he only played in five games. Their offense sputtered out. He had 11 catches for 90 yards and one touchdown, and his catch rate dropped from pretty much 70% down to below 57. So, I mean, that, I mean, you know, if you play with a guy like Blake Bortles, sometimes that's going to happen. So, but he's a big body guy. He's definitely a red zone threat. I think that Drew Brees would, would, would 
like having a big target like that. Uh, there's also Jared Cook out there on the market. He's six foot five, two fifty. He's going to be thirty two in April, but he will be immediate relief because he he'd be the best receiving option out of any current tight end by for the Saints by a mile. He's coming off his first Pro Bowl season where he t- uh, tallied career highs. And receptions at 61, yards at 825, and touchdowns with six. He had a fantastic year, um, and I think he'd be a good pickup. And then also Jesse James, uh, the Steelers tight end. He's going to be a free agent. He's six foot seven, 261. He's f- former fifth round pick out of Penn State. He's uh, only going to be 25, so he could, could. He's entering his prime. Could definitely be the future tight end for the Saints. Um, and he's caught in his career 112 catches for 1,133 yards. Actually. That's, he, he has some more numbers, but his rookie season, he only played in four games. But he has played in all 16 games for three straight seasons for, for the Steelers. And in and, and, and those seasons, 112 catches for 1,133 yards. And last year, he had a career-high 423 yards and averaged 14.1 uh, yards per catch. So really impressive numbers, um, and he could be a baller with Breeze. Um, Tyler, what are some offensive line um, yep. prospects you're, you're interested in the Saints going after in free agency? Yeah, man. Well, okay, really quick first before I get into that, just a little recap about the Saints O-line and why it's such an important position. So with the Saints, you know, obviously they had to have a dominant running game between Ingram and Kamara. Obviously, you got to keep the pass lanes open. You got to throw downfield. Got to give Drew Brees the goat, time to throw, get touchdowns, all that good stuff. And the fun part about it is every year it seems like regardless of how good we can get, there's always room for improvement with the offensive line. Sure, this year was great, but in my opinion, uh, like to the a naked eye, you could see that there is room for improvement. So, for example, in the past, you know, uh, the Saints have traded for Max Unger, have uh, drafted Andrews P, and this past year Ryan Ramchek. Then they are uh, they got Warford in free agency, so they're not opposed to making moves to secure the O-line and keeping Drew Brees healthy, or who knows, or the future quarterback, whoever that may be. But uh, the, I got a couple guys, one's a center, one's a guard. The first guy, uh, basically I looked through PFF, and they had some really good grades on some guys, some starters uh, that could be really helpful to the Saints if they you know, decide to uh, pick these guys up and pay them a bit. But the first guy is actually from the Broncos, Matt Paradis. He's actually a top three grade center for PFF before he broke his ankle. But uh, he's limited to his own scheme, but he's one of the best centers this year. And I figured, you know, if uh, we don't have a solid backup center yet, uh, you know, right now we're still, you know, hypothesizing on what could happen. Could it be Cameron Tom? Could it be anybody? You know, and Max Hunger is getting to his 30s. It could be a solid option. And the other guy I have is actually from the Rams. Uh, Roger Saffold, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's a guard. Uh, he was one, one of the best uh, guards at his position this year uh, in regards to offensive lines. Uh, the funny part is he's actually 31, uh, going on 32, but he's been so solid, so um, uh, so dominant this year. Uh, PFF still gave, gave him a very high grade, and he could actually be a very nice plug-and-play if uh, people decide not to pay him because of his age. And look at this year with Jamon Bushrod. The Saints have found success in older guys, you know, before the end of their careers. Zach Streif, he played well to the end of his career. Jamal Bushrod, now he might be retiring. Who knows? Could be a solid option if we decide not to keep Pete, you know, with his hand struggles and his penalties and everything that way. But those are my two guys. So what about you, Charlie? What were you thinking, man? 
Well, for safety, I mentioned Tyron Matthew. I really think that's someone that um, the Saints should try to should try to target. And I say that because I think he fits kind of the uh, the scheme that Dennis Allen r- runs. You know, uh, <clears throat> he you know that that roaming safety kind of yeah kind of guy. You know, and I don't think he would be that expensive for mm. for us. So I think. I don't know. I, I think he would. He would, and also I feel like his personality and everything would, would really uh, would fit in. And you know, maybe maybe go after a guy like Adrian Amos. Although you know he's a young guy from Chicago, he, he might be kind of expensive. I know Landon Collins is out there. I'm not yeah. not too high on him. He might be commanding a lot of money too. Yeah, um, Haha Clinton Dix. I think mm. is 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 available. Um, I don't think he's been expended. Earl Thomas. I, I probably wouldn't go that route. Yeah. Um, yeah. expensive guy. Um, coming off yeah. injury too. Old, Who knows? Yeah. Injury prone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say maybe Kenny Vaccaro. I know he's on a year, but I, I, I <laughs> I'd welcome Vaccaro back for sure. Yeah, I don't, I I don't think I would be totally Against opposed it. to that, but I, I believe that ship has fully sailed. Um, oh, you know he, he just messed up too much, man. Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah, especially that last season with the that Rams games. game. Mm-hmm. Like, in the hell is going on? Um, you know, as far as running backs are concerned, if let's let's play the whole uh, Mark Ingram walks and we don't have him anymore. If there's some names. I mean, you know, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of money on Le'Veon Bell uh, and getting him. That's not something that he doesn't fit. Not not at all. He doesn't fit us at all. Um, Jay Ajayi uh, could be a guy. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman. He's due. He's he's in the same. They kind of go after enemies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know he he actually kind of remi- not reminds me, but his skill set's almost kind of like Camaro, where it's like a a running and receiving threat. Um, right. You know, so we kind of would still need a a heavy run guy if we were to do something like that. Um. So I don't know. I mean, Alex Collins maybe he gets a look. See. I like Collins. Yeah. Um, Latavius Murray. You know, he could come in and be the. I love Latavius Murray. I know some people that are actually really close with him. Yeah. Um. You know, and here's a name that we could maybe toss around who was cut last year is Kareem Hunt. Someone's going to sign him. Sure, sure. And yeah, I heard, I heard the, the Bears um, might. Yeah, yeah, I heard that the Bucks might actually get after him. Well, so sure. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of teams, and those 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 teams you've, you've listed off are are being obviously leaked by his agent. Mm-hmm, <laughs> the more mm-hmm. buzz you can create about the teams being interested, the higher you can push their price up. Sure. You know, and in, in – that's something that the Saints would have to reconcile with our with the fan base to to sign someone like that. But yeah, yeah. holy crap! I mean, can you imagine Kareem Hunt and Alpera? I mean, I love Mark. Don't get me wrong, man. but good luck stopping that, especially Dang. if they're on this on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, just you know, we're getting into that free agency season. Just some some juicy possibilities yeah. to think about and. Those were really, you know, my my two positions outside of because I knew what you guys were going to talk about, so I tried to come up with something different. Um, those are those, that's that's kind of what I would look at. And like I said yeah. before, I would really like to see Okafor back. I mean, as a rotational guy, I think next year I think Davenport needs to be the starter, and I think Okafor needs to be the spell guy, you know, or come in on passing down situations and maybe rush from the inside or something like that, or. Um, but you know, I, I'd like to have I'd like to have him back, man. I mean, and and we're also you know going into free agency, we got some guys that we're gonna have to deal with. I mean, isn't Michael Thomas going into the last year of his deal? 
Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He's from his rookie scale, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a, he was a second rounder, so he has a three-year deal, right? Yeah. And that, that would be that would be this year, right? He was yep. drafted in 2016. So, yep. you know, we got he's some – Got yeah, got some serious decisions to make, and then and then coming up right after him will be Camara, and then thank God for that fifth year option that we can use on uh, on Sheldon. We'll probably use that, and on Pete if we decide to do that, and then on Ram mm-hmm. and on Adler because that's just going to buy us some time to pay some of these guys, and hopefully by yeah. then the cap will be up well over two hundred million, and we can you know we can do it. Yeah, we're we're mm-hmm. in pretty good shape overall right now, and it all depends on how much I. And again, Mickey Loomis is the type of GM, and he he said this many many times before in the past. Money isn't really a factor to him when he's trying to get these guys. He just wants the best players on the Saints, and he's gonna do whatever it takes if he really wants yeah. a guy. He's gonna get. I mean, we almost signed Josh Norman to a monster contract a couple of years thank ago. Thank God we didn't. Right? Yeah. In hindsight, thank God we didn't. At the time, I was really for Norman because of uh, I Me really too. liked his tenacity, and obviously he was coming off a fantastic season with the Panthers as well. But I mean, that that's the type of thing the Saints were willing to throw that money out to to a cornerback, which. You know, at the time, obviously, the Saints really needed help with the secondary, but that wasn't going to solve all their problems. But they thought it was a guy that could uh, make a huge impact for the Saints, a huge positive impact for them. Um, and and they were willing to throw out however money, however much money it took, and they they actually came really close because I mean, we were one of the only, uh, we were the second team for for Norman's choice. But yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how much money the Saints spend this off season and and who they decide to move around if they create any sort of cap space but yeah we're, we're good for we're, we're pretty set for the future due to these rookie scale contracts we're giving out and then we just kind of extend a couple of them by the time the guys have to get paid we'll probably have a lot more room to work with who knows if any sort of you know um you know injuries happen to any of them where they're not commanding a lot of money or you know they go to another team and they're not exactly themselves that could work out in favor for the saints too there's a lot of possibilities but yeah this offseason is pretty important um so for my wide receivers and defensive tackles, I, I'd like the Saints to go after. Dontrell Inman is is a free agent wide receiver. Um, he's actually a former Grey Cup champ over in Canada for the Toronto Argonauts, uh, and that was in 2012, and that's before he came over and played with the Chargers, and he actually kind of made a name for himself. In 2016, he started all 16 games for them, uh, but since then, he really hasn't done much. Um, he's bounced to from uh, Los Angeles to Chicago, and this past season with the uh, Colts, yeah, he's six foot three, and he actually played really well in last year's playoffs. Even though he only played nine regular season games, so in the playoffs he had eight catches for one hundred and eight yards, and he had a touchdown against Houston. But um, he was a really nice number two receiver complement for the um, Colts to kind of open up that offense for them, um, which I, I think is really important. I, he's twenty nine, so. Um, mix that with his, you know, kind of mediocre stats. He's not going to be commanding a lot of money, so that could be a, a diamond in the rough, so to speak, for the Saints. I like watching him on film. He's he's really good route runner. Um, so I'd be interested to see Inman come on the team. Um, another guy, another receiver, Brashad Perriman. Um, here we go, Charlie. Uh, he's another former <laughs> first round pick, um, and he was pretty much like an all time bust for the Ravens, rightfully so. I mean. He, he really only played what he played a total of um, 27 games for, for Baltimore in the three or four seasons he was with them. Um, uh, injuries held him back more than anything, but he also had poor play. So in those 27 games, he caught 43 balls off 101 targets. Let me say that again. He was targeted 101 times, and he caught 43 of those passes. Wild. Uh, 576 mm. yards, three touchdowns. That's in, that's in 27 games. 
In one season with the Browns in 10 games, he had 16 catches off 25 targets for 340 yards and two touchdowns, and he started two of those games. He's 6'2", 210. So 27 games for the Ravens, uh, 576 yards. 10 games for the Browns, 340 yards. I mean, he kind of turned a new leaf with them, playing with um, a little bit of, I mean, he, you know, Having passes thrown to you by Joe Flacco isn't the worst possible case scenario for you, but it's definitely not the best. So I think Drew Brees would definitely be a huge upgrade for him. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see Perriman be kind of that um, deep threat type guy, big body receiver, see 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 how it works out with us. I'm not sure how much money he'll command. He'll probably, anywhere he'll go, so he'll maybe sign a one to two year deal. I don't think teams are still confident in him. Another big body receiver is Devin Funches from the Panthers. He's six foot four, 225. He's only 25. Um, That'd be and he, interesting. Yeah, he'd be a big, big target for the Saints, and I think that he also will not be commanding a whole lot of money on the market either. Um, but the wide receiver market isn't exactly um, like prevalent this, this, this year. There, there's not a whole lot of guys, big names out there that are that are going to be commanding a whole lot of money. Um, so maybe these guys' contracts are going to be bigger than I'm thinking. But career stats for Funches: 161 catches for 22, 33 yards, and 21 touchdowns. So not terrible, big body guy. And then a bonus guy I'd like to see the Saints pursue, Geronimo Allison. He's a restricted free agent with the Packers, but younger guy, speedy guy, um, definitely made a name for himself with Aaron Rodgers and some of the special teams plays he's made. So he, he could definitely be another really good name there. But we also still have Cam Meredith on the roster. Not sure exactly what we're going to be doing with him, but if he's healthy, I feel like Meredith is, is going to be playing a lot this upcoming season for the Saints. I still think they have confidence in his ability. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how the Saints kind of orchestrate around that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have to yeah. think that a healthy, full-to-go Meredith would have meant no Tommy Lee Lewis or Austin mm-hmm. Carr mm-hmm. BS. You know what I mean? Like our, our four guys would have been Meredith, Michael Thomas, and then the two young guys, Kirkwood and Traquan. Mm-hmm. And that would have been our top four guys. And honestly, if I'm, I think I'm okay with that going into 2019 as crazy as that may sound if cam is healthy and fully ready to go by otas i mean like you know none of this crap where last year he was kind of eh, and then mm. it was the end of training camp he kind of practiced a little bit and then he let no i mean if he's ready to go by the first thing of offseason work um you know kirkwood obviously getting healthy and then kirkwood and traquan taking that next step as wide receivers, like I might be okay with those four guys being our guys. Um, and that's if we invested elsewhere, like tight end or, you know, if we we invested in someplace else that made it worth, you know, maybe, maybe not being so active with wide receivers and free agency. And and then there's also the Dez factor. I mean, Dez has said he wants to play for the saints. So yeah. And if I were the Saints, I, I would I would hold all the cards in that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. give him not one bit of negotiating leverage because he's an older wide receiver coming off of a torn Achilles. Um, that's that's not good for him. So right. and, you know, negotiating wise, it's okay for for us. But, yeah. You know, and then and then who, what is Des going to do? Is Des is going to beat out one of the younger guys, maybe? Or mm-hmm. I mean, because you can't send Traquan or or Keith to the practice squad. Right. Yeah. Right. No, they'll get picked up. Yeah, those are active roster guys. So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting, man. I mean, free agency starts what in a month or so, isn't it? Like the beginning of March. Or... Yeah, it's like March seventeenth uh, or something like that. Oh, okay. So it's mid it's mid March. 
might it might be earlier sometime i mean I, I it's it's been on like march 15th march 9th before in the past so it's it's i think it's like one of the second week in march or something like that yeah second or third week Crazy. March, something like that but yeah yeah that's that's right around the corner i mean here we are mm-hmm. at the end of uh march 14th at 4 p.m ah, 14th yeah there you go oh no wait that's 2018 that's 2018 2019 let me not sound like an idiot here <laughs> you're good man <laughs> research break <laughs> Yeah, research break. Play the uh, play the uh, the Jeopardy, Jeopardy theme. Yeah, there we go. March fifth is to negotiate with franchise players. March eleventh through thirteenth, you're permitted to talk to. Oh, you're, you're permitted to go into negotiations mm. with unrestricted free agents. March thirteenth, clubs must exercise options for 2019 on all players who have option clauses. And then same thing for restricted free agents. Yeah, so it looks like to me the 13th is when, uh, yeah, I think March 13th is when they open up open up the floodgates. Awesome. That'll be fun. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That is right around the corner. That's like less than a month and a half away. That's absolutely wild. I just wild. freaking hate that. That's what we're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. It should be the Super Bowl. It should That's be what Sunday, get not robbed, a right? and a half where we're looking forward to free agency and the draft and stuff. Oh, it's just such Freaking a crap sucks. feeling. It does suck. Uh, and then, yeah, be- before we go, D-Tackles, I'd like the Saints to go after Grady Jarrett. I mean, he's he's he's, he's going to be commanding a lot of money. He's one of yeah, the, no way we go after Grady. Well, he's he's one of the best D tackles, and and I mean, if the Saints want to throw money that way, I wouldn't be mad. But uh, he's going to be the most yeah. sought after interior lineman this off season. But he'd be a fantastic grab. He's entering his prime. Henry Anderson, another guy, former Jet, actually former Colt as well, but he tore his ACL, had to sit out a year. But in 2018, um, he acquired seven sacks, including three in one game against the Texans. Uh, he's six foot six, three hundred and one pounds. He's 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 a pretty good player. Uh, he could definitely fill the gaps there. And another guy I really like is Darius. Uh, I, I believe it's Philon. I've heard Philon and Philon um, for the Chargers. He's a former six round pick. And he didn't play much his first couple of years, but his his career sack total is at nine and a half, including just he had six alone last season. He's also uh, only twenty five years old. Um, he's another young guy that the Saints could be able to pick up, be a really nice rotational player. And of course, Indomitian Sue is also a free agent. Saints tried to go after him last year as well. Wouldn't be surprised if they try to do the same this year because he is a very nice, at the very least, a rotational. Because that's what he—that's what he is with the Rams. He's not—he's not their number one D tackle. Even if Aaron Donald wasn't on the team, Sue wouldn't be most likely their their number one lead D tackle. He's—he's a at this point in his career, he's a fantastic rotational type D tackle. You're not going to play him on every single down. You're going to play him on downs that matter essentially. Um, and it, I mean, he—he's he, been able to do okay with the Rams, but overall, I think that the saints would go after him if, you know, if history repeats itself, but, um, any, anybody else you guys want, you guys, we, that, that's, those are a lot of names the saints could go after. I'm, I'm pretty confident in what they can do, uh, during this free agency period. I'm, I'm excited. I am too. It's really, yeah. it's going to be interesting gotta, though. I think we've got to be diligent in free agency, but obviously not be stupid because sure. we don't want to overpay like we have in the past, you know, before the last two years where we were overpaying guys. I think, I think we'll be okay, but I think there's a lot of emphasis on uh, keeping our keeping our team together and making yeah. the right agent moves because our draft capital is just so crappy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's that's the one other thing I forgot to mention is the I mean the reason the Saints should go so hard in free agency is I mean we have a second round pick, a f- couple of fifth round picks. We almost need to, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and, and other than that, we're we're not looking too good. We're without our first and third due to trades. 
Um, so yeah, it's gonna be. Did we lose a fifth with Eli? Oh, we did lose a fifth. Sorry. So we have we do have two we have two fourths then and not a fifth. I think well, if Teddy is. if Teddy walks, don't we get that third back? We might or something. As a uh, compensatory pick, if Teddy oh, walks, yeah. is it? I I don't think it turns into a third rounder though. I think it goes back a little bit. I could be yeah, wrong. Right? I could be wrong. Could be like a fifth or yeah. Something. That's what that's what I always thought. It was like you don't get the exact pick as your you know compensatory type thing, but you do get a pick in place because if I literally if he didn't play uh, more than a certain amount of games or snaps yeah. for us or, or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting to see if we, if we pick up that. I mean, that's that'd be a lifesaver right there, due to like you said, Charlie, how low our draft capital is right now, how low the stock is. So, but uh, that's all the time we got for today's episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, be sure to um, either tell us if you're watching the Super Bowl or not, if you have any predictions, or let us know what you are doing on Super Bowl Sunday on our Twitter at the WDD Podcast, because I know a lot of you will not be watching it. Uh, including most likely Tyler and Charlie, um, and rightfully mm-hmm. so. It's fraudulent. Um, but, yeah, if there's anything else you guys want to say, go ahead. If not, I'll, I'll throw it to Tyler for the sign-off. Anything you got, Charlie? Good to go. All right, man. So, guys, check us out on Twitter, at the WDD Podcast, at St. Charlie for Charlie, uh, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore for Dayton, at Raymond Tyler M for myself. Check us out on Facebook and everything there. Just search who had this podcast. Check out com for all the amazing articles people write. And check out our podcast episodes on Spreaker.com and iTunes. So back to you, Dayton. Fantastic stuff, guys. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. We'll probably recap the Super Bowl and talk about something else. Um, but hopefully not spend too much time with the Super Bowl unless the Patriots blow out the Rams. Then then we'll have a heyday about that. But uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Follow us on all those platforms. And as always, who that?